of Faith with Nayelu Pondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. After seven, I think it is five minutes after seven. Good evening and welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith. Thank you very much. He returns at eight o'clock to update the news here on SAFM. First up, we need to acknowledge and appreciate the fact that things are happening around us. And we cannot ignore the fact that those things are happening abroad. Before we talk about things that are happening outside the borders of the Republic and the continent, we need to acknowledge right here in Johannesburg area in the nation, reports have been coming out that there was a mosque that was attacked, ransacked, robbed. They took some belongings, valuables there. Now, the fact that there are robberies all around the country is a foregone conclusion. No one can dispute that. But it is somewhat worrisome than more than ordinarily that we are going to find attacks on religious institutions and buildings. It's been happening. It's growing in popularity amongst the criminal syndicates for them to have gone to a place of worship, a mosque, attacked people there and uh, tied up security guards and stole valuables from a place of worship it speaks to a a character deterioration in our country that should bother us to the core but we are with the people of the nation and particularly those who are members of the community whose building was broken into, robbed, and violated in that way, the Muslim community, that is. With that said, we'll move on to what is happening now in India. One of the headlines that I'm sure you may have picked up on, it's happening now in India, but South Africans have picked up on it. What's behind the escalating row over the hijabs in India? A headline here in South Africa reads, Leave out hijab alone. Okay, says some Hindu women in South Africa in support of Muslim students in India. Now, this is what's happening in South Africa. This Hindus supporting Muslims is happening in South Africa. In India, however... There is a growing wave of Hindutva, and this is Hinduness groups seemingly spar- sparring, not only intellectually, but literally fighting and attacking people. And this is all sparked by a ban in a student's institution, a school where they stopped girls from wearing their hijabs prevented them from writing their board exams in a school and alleging they can they can just remove the hijab and come back and write. And the students refused. And this went on social media and now it's in the news media. So we picked up the story right there. One of the reportages that we found interesting is out of Al Jazeera. And there they give us a rather explanatory report of what exactly is happening in India. And that's why we thought perhaps we could give you some perspective as well from a South African view of what exactly should be and should not be. Now granted, while we are different democracies and the perspectives of democracy are vastly different we have their government banning hijabs in South Africa. We don't even fathom the idea of government interfering in religious garb. So I want you to understand we'll be engaging in this conversation about Indians, India's ban of the hijab, particularly particularly in the Karnataka province. We need to understand that it's not happening all over India. We understand that. But in the coastal area in Karnataka, it seems to be very heavy there. I'm going to find out what South African activists and scholars and people who understand this more than I do have to say in the matter. And that's why we have decided we're going to have the conversation tonight. If you're one of the people who'd like to join the conversation, feel free to do so. Call us in. 011-714-2006. Again, 011-714-2006. Or send a WhatsApp text or WhatsApp voice note. 0614-104-107. Again, 0614-104-107. 
107. Concerns were recently raised in India following the attacks on Muslim symbols and practices. There was a ban on hijab in colleges in the southern Indian state of Karnataka, which triggered a major row within that country. Well, particularly in Karnataka, India's 200 million Muslim minority community fears that the ban on hijab violates their religious freedom guaranteed under the Indian constitution. We're going to find out tonight what exactly is going on. I'm Nayelu Pondwana. You're listening to Facts of Faith. This is SFM. Let's begin. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Let me introduce you to our guests in no particular order. We do have two guests to be giving us some insights, and you are most welcome. And quite frankly, I think you're the most important guest here as the listeners, the audience. We do have Shamin Takur Rajbanzi, religious scholar. Good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, good evening uh, uh, to the listeners, yourself. And, of course, my fellow panelists. Thank you very much. Also, we do have one she's a member. She's part of the furniture, I always say. Sheikh Rafiq Hassan is the founder and director of the Islamic Interfaith Research Institute, the IFRI. Sheikh, good evening to you and welcome back. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, good evening, Naya, and to your panelists and to your listenership. And uh, before I, I let I go, I want to congratulate you on a good show last week on a very sensitive well done. Ah, thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. All right, let's jump right in. We're talking about a hijab and its a ban in India. First and foremost, I would like to hear from you, uh, just school us on what the hijab is and what exactly is its importance such that it would be such a big row in India right now. What's a hijab and what is its importance in, in Islam? You, 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 you're talking to me, Naya? Yes, yes, Sheikh. Okay. All right, so I think that's a good starting point. But before we get to the Islamic side and the religious side, I think for the listeners who may not be aware of uh, you know, issues of India, uh, let it be known that, uh, I would, let's say for the past, let's, let's use the word almost a thousand years, uh, Muslims were wearing hijab in India. You know, so let's get that straight. It's something that it's not a new phenomena. You know, some people may think it's something new that happened. But uh, and hijab is literally a head covering and an outer covering. You know, that a woman wear. And uh, so that, that's literally what hijab means. You know, for the for those who do not not going into detail, uh, but it's uh, to cover the woman, to cover her head, and to wear a loose garment uh, when she goes out. Now. Uh, and not covering the face. The covering the face is not hijab, Naya. That's another mistake which even some Muslims make. That's called niqab. Yeah. And that's not compulsory and that's not uh, a part of the Islamic Sharia requirement. It's an optional thing. So just to cover one's uh, head, uh, and the, the Quran actually, it's, in, it's a verse of the Quran, you know. Uh, you'll find this in uh, many places in the Quran, but I want to just give you one. So it's, a, it's not a, a, a thing that is done by some human being. For instance, chapter 24, verse 30, uh, you know, it talks about modesty. That all talks about modesty. But especially, you know, uh, in chapter 33, verse 59 of the Quran, Naya, it is stated there, O Prophet, tell your wives and your daughters and the believing men to cast out their outer garments. In other words, you wear an outer garment over their body that is most convenient, that, uh, you know, you should be known as such and not molested, and Allah is of forgiving and most merciful. So, so this outer garment is, look, when you're in the house, you, you obviously bid your family, 
you dress uh, you are because we call in Islam there's a term in Islam called uh, they are uh, marhams which means they can't marry you you know it's your your, your uh, is your children and your uh, whoever else your nephews whoever is in the house but so it's fine with them but when you come out in public just wear an outer garment and cover your uh, you know your head not the face and mind you let me also tell the 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 the, the, the listenership Naya, that in India, there are even the Hindu women who cover their head with their sari when they go out. You know, it's it's not a Muslim thing. It's an it's an Indian tradition. It's a Hindu tradition. It's a cultural thing as well. If some people want to call it that, you find even in our African culture, Naya, you know, traditional African culture, the women cover their head. They wear you know the long outer garment and things like that. So it's a you know one if you want to call it cultural. There are ways of cultural dressing where women cover their head where sometimes men cover their head but from an islamic so in india it's been like that you know the sikh uh, community the women cover their head and and the men even cover their head uh, you know uh, uh, and that is a sikh uh, in, in the sikh religion uh, which is another uh, you know religion in india so this is something that has been there all along the problem started there was no issue with it uh, naya it's a, it's an accepted cultural norm i mean I always feel a proud South African. As South Africans, even in our new democracy, very new democracy, we have embraced cultural diversity now. And, and this is so, so good. You know, we, 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 know we, we respect everyone's way of dressing or cultural ways. And, and that's what a democracy is all about. The problem came with uh, when the government changes and the BJP, as you rightfully mentioned in your introduction, you see, that when the BJP party won the election from the Congress party, now, if you remember, the Congress Party, South Africans know Mahatma Gandhi well. And Mahatma Gandhi, when he, when he you know, liberated India from British colonialism, they formed the movement, what was called the, the, you know, the Congress Party, the Indian Congress Party in India. And they, came, they unfortunately, they lost, they rose for very long, but they lost to the BJP in 2014. The, you know, Bharatiya Janata Party, which is, uh, we have to say it as it is, which is a a a, 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 a it's a, a radical Hindu, uh, you know, focused group. Uh, you have many Islamic radical groups. You have radical Jewish groups. You have radical Christian groups. So let's not pick on any particular one. You know, when I mean by that, you know, they they're very strong on on their on their religion to the exclusion of others. You see, or hating others. And this what started happening from 2014. It's a recent occurrence, Naya. It's not only now, but it started then with the, with the BJP coming into power uh, and taking. And the Congress was very much a democratic institution, as you know, like in South Africa. Yeah. They, they had Muslims in their parties. They, there was no issue about Hindu-Muslim conflict, religious conflict. It's a secular democracy. But this is where, the, that's the root cause of it. And, and it is just nothing but uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of incidents we can quote you ever since the BJ came of uh, actually even, you know, uh, you know, violence. Again, you hear this communal violence. People, these are radical. These are extremists. Yeah. Who do but this. before we and even go further problem. there, Sheikh, we must state that it is not those events and those incidents that you would like to quote are not uh, done by or committed by the members of the Bajaratiya uh, Janat Party. They are, they are supported by them, they are explained by them, but it is not their members. It has been verified that it is their members. It is people who are claiming to be advancing Hindutva, but they are not claiming to be members of the BJP. Can we agree with that? Yes, they're all not necessarily members of the BJP. Correct, correct. Because correct. they are religious groups also on the ground who are extreme. Yeah, but I understand. The, the BJP party sympathizes, you see. They, I understand, they, they, I agree with they that. They could have done more. But yeah. I agree with you, it's not It's not like something that's... Uh, done by know, the BJP. from the BJP All right, party. got it, correct. got it. All right, I want to hear from uh, Shamin Thakur, Rajbanzi. Um, f- from your perspective, what's happening in India right now, particularly in, 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 in the state wherein this matter has, has exploded in Karnataka. All right. Uh, you know, I just wanted to correct one thing. I'm not a religious scholar by any means, but I am a politician. Uh, but uh, my panelist is a religious scholar, uh, I think, Mr. Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Hassan. 
but I just want to say that uh, just following, you know, what, what he said, um, I was a bit surprised when I had read, uh, because I, I watch on TV, the limited amounts that come in, uh, follow some social media, uh, read some stuff in the paper. And um, I saw that there were many Indian uh, Muslims who actually supported that uh, hijab ban by that particular uh, school because it, it was, you know, a, a matter in the school with their school rules. Uh, so that's what I, I, I gathered from that. But I also feel that the, uh, look, we, maybe you are right, we had this sort of lack of understanding. I want to thank uh, uh, Sheikh for actually uh, giving a broader uh, perspective of, you know, what's a hijab, a niqab, and a, and a, and a burqa, and, and stuff like that. Because for us, I think that uh, this debate, it brought about a lot of understanding about the significance of the hijab and the differences as well. Uh, of, of the entire garment, like the burqa, etc., and the fact that we had to like start actually looking at exactly uh, as a lawmaker myself here, you know, what are other countries saying? Why do other countries ban uh, everything, hijab, burqa, everything? Even some Islamic countries uh, ban them, as well as you know other Western countries. And of course, they cite many uh, many reasons for it. But however, my take on it is that look. Um, I think that uh, India, even from the time of the Congress, it had uh, what was called an ERP uh, Act. It had an act called an Essential Religious Practices Act. So the the, the BJP. Um, Honorable uh, Takur Rajbansi, just give me a minute. I, 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 we, we need to take a break quickly, and we'll come back and give you the opportunity to continue your thought. Just stand by. Hold on. No problem. No problem. Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. Welcome back. And you're still listening to Facts of Faith. We're now continuing our conversation. Honorable Takur Rajbanzi, please forgive me for interrupting. You can continue your thought. Madam Rajbanzi? Yes. Yes, you can continue, ma'am. Yes. Yes, yeah. uh, You know, I was saying the Essential Religious Practices Act has been there, not from the time of the BJP, but obviously from the time of the Congress. And, um, I mean, there was a lot of time when maybe these matters could have been included. And uh, I don't know how much a consultation was done, but I think that this became a recent matter in the school. And we do know that the matter is sub We know it's in a higher court. We know that the ban is uh, was not in, for this particular school, it was uh, not in the school precinct. It was just in the, in the classroom setting. So in the school, children were allowed to wear it. And it was happening for a long time. But then suddenly, uh, according to the principal's interview I, I saw on TV, the, the girls were following this rule for many years. But then there was a change. And, and, and it was said that that change was due to Muslim student campus leaders and organizations asking the girls to then start wearing the hijab, you know, compulsorily. And I think that that's what sort of sparked it off. But of course, it's sitting in the Karnataka, in the uh, higher courts, and still has to be decided. But somewhere like to South Africa, and I mean, we grew up even in apartheid South Africa. I know that in in our days, uh, uh, for, for the Muslim uh, girls, my friends, uh, we were, they were allowed to wear long pants. You know, they adapted it to the school uniform, and uh, it was fine. But hijab, uh, the girls never wore. They did wear, yes when they were leaving the schoolyard and getting into uh, kumbis and other uh, cars and when they were going to madrasa. So they would put on their scarf and all that, and then we knew that you know, our friends were going to madrasa. So I think that that was like my uh, understanding and, 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 and experience. But at the, so in, in, in our schools, even if you look at our faith-based schools, uh, and it's globally like this, in the faith-based schools, private schools, uh, even in India, uh, they can wear whatever they want to because the school, the code is like that, you see. So, therefore, I feel that there has to be some guidelines that needs to exist. And hopefully, you know, when the final judgment comes, it will give, uh, you know, the, with the mindset of the legal gurus, they'll give a fair verdict. And, uh, you know, for Indian citizens on how to interpret not just the letter of the law, but uh, the Indian constitution, but actually the spirit. And uh, then how organizations have to implement this essential religious practices act. So I think that we need to wait for that. And uh, it is an internal, you know, matter of, of that country. And uh, we are a BRICS nation with it. And we're all developing countries. So we're learning 
as we're going along. But I, I hear uh, what uh, Mr. Sheikh uh, Hassan is saying. And just to come back on the Gungat uh, that, that he was talking about for the Hindu women, because I'm a Hindu woman, and I do know in Rajasthan they have that practice. But I also know that the girls uh, go to school because education is very important, and they don't wear the Gungat there. They, they have the Gungat like, uh, in, in, outside. And I know that the chief minister of Rajasthan was actually, he started a campaign of Gunga Tatawo and uh, Dunya Dekawo, which was like telling you to take uh, this uh, uh, off and, and, and you can see the world. That kind of thing, like a progressive thing. But I also know that the prime minister, uh, Modi, he had a, a beautiful program going on, like Betty Parao, Betty Bachar, and it's about uh, our SDGs, SDG 5, because remember all countries, even our country, we have only eight years, and we've got to reach our goal of gender equality, which is uh, Sustainable Development Goal 5. Now, if developing countries miss that, then it's a problem. And I think, uh, you know, the, the thing is to encourage the girls, rather, to go to school, write the exam, don't miss your exam, uh, let the courts, you know, decide and, and get educated. And I think that we just want to be uh, progressive societies. And for developing countries, it's very important to resolve these matters and not, you know, to escalate these matters. All right. Just to put out a few facts out there, in South Africa, we do have uh, a, a group calling themselves Caring Sisters Network. They're in Durban. They are firmly in support of what is supposed to be happening there. At least that is not happening right now. And we do want to put that out there. And also as far as the issue of uh, the court case, the state high court, which is hearing two petitions against the ban, has restrained students from wearing religious clothes. Take note, religious clothes. The order is about religious clothes. And that includes the hijab, at least until the issue has been done and dusted when the court order comes down on with either side. So that is a matter that is still subjudicated in the sense that the ban that was put out there by government in the schools still continues until until the court decides we don't know when that'll be. And very interesting enough, we do find that in uh, one of the stories that I have read there, it reads on Tuesday, the court made reference to a South African case dating back to the early 2000s in which a Hindu mother challenged Durban Girls High in the Equality Court because it refused permission for her daughter to wear a nose ring. So I'm sure you understand the issues now here where an Indian court is referencing a South African court and, well, you understand why we're picking up the story. Now let's get to the nub of the issue. The nub of the issue is we're supposed to be democracies, both the Republic of South Africa and India, uh, different degrees perhaps, but still democracies. Does this not go against democracy to have a government interfering on religious affairs, especially if the Constitution protects those rights such as religious garb? I'm going to begin with you, uh, Madam Rajwenzi. Um, no, look, I totally agree uh, with that, but I just want to uh, talk to you about that equality case that you mentioned. I, I remember the case very well because I was part and parcel of the M- uh, as an MP uh, who sits in the Kozulunsa legislature, uh, pushing for that trial not to be discriminated against. Remember the trial was in the trick. Uh, she was attending, you know, what we would say previously white school, and, uh, and, 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 and it was a case of Pillay versus the MEC for education. So I remember it well, and it set a precedent in South Africa. And, uh, and, 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 and the argument uh, that we used there in court, the Equality Court, was called the Doctrine of Reasonable Accommodation. And I think that for South Africa, we do have an Equality Court um, and, uh, and, and, and that people can go to. Uh, we have a South African Human Rights Commission. But I think the case in India uh, has uh, a few weaknesses that I, I would say, because look, uh, in India they have what we don't have in South Africa. They have a, a minority rights ministry. They have a full ministry for minorities. They have a, a minority rights commission. And I was thinking that a better way for the group to have handled it is to go to those like the, the minority rights commission and a ministry 
and you know follow the whole process uh, exhaust but the whole that, that that's the that's the nub of the issue that's what i want us to get to ma'am yes, that we're yes. talking about a ministry that is supposed to be protecting people from something they're not supposed to be protected from there cannot and be I a time think, where a democracy is going to be attacking its own tenets no no absolutely but i think that we have to then look at the case and i followed a little of it here and there but I, I realized it was a gap because the, the girls or their parents didn't approach, they approached the court. You see, you can go straight to the court. Even in South Africa, we can go straight to the court. It's costly. And we don't use our Chapter 9 institution, like the Human Rights You're talking about remedial measures, no. Madam Rajbanzi. Yes, I'm remedial, asking yes. why should so there be a need to remedy the situation? Why should there be a Not need it. to a, be, a situation to yeah. be remedied to begin with? No, absolutely. So why should there be? Because you see the school that you are talking about. When I uh, listen to the principal, etc. Now, in schools where the school code of conduct says a particular thing is allowed, nobody stops it. This school has this code of conduct that you could not use it in the classroom, but you could use it outside in the playgrounds and all that. The school has Why, why implement this code of conduct in the year 2022 and yet this no, has no, been no. happening? It was there for years. They said it was there for years. That's what the principal I'm talking about the implementation, ma'am. I agree with you. The code of conduct has been there for years. But now no, but why enforce it in 2022? No, but the children changed it suddenly because they suddenly came. You see, they just came all of a sudden, the principal says, and they changed uh, what they were following for years, the rules of the school. So what the school did, they said, hey, look, you know, um, this is, these are the rules. What do you mean they changed, ma'am? Are you suggesting these Muslim girls were not wearing their hijabs? They only changed now and started wearing hijabs in 2021 and 22? In the classroom. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Because so you see, they, they were not the before around, and they are now. Yeah. So it was just in the classroom. It wasn't outside. The girls were allowed to wear it and they were wearing it outside. I, I need in you the, to, to, to verify this yard. point, Madam Rajbanzi. Are you suggesting yeah. what is happening is these Muslim girls were not wearing their hijabs. Now they have changed. They are in now the choosing to wear the hijabs. That's what yes, you're saying is yes. happening. That's what happened. So the thing okay. is, the school said, look, we had a rule, use it outside in the grounds and all that, but not in the classroom. But then now the girls went a step forward and they said, no, look, we want to use it in the class. And then the school said, but look, we have this rule. Okay. So then the, the parents went to the court. But I am saying that, look, it was something small. It could have been handled. Rather, the petition should have went to the ministry because the ministry really protects the minorities. And if it went to the commission, the commission could have had it. Like this, it sits in courts, it prolongs it, and, you know, it, 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 it causes lots of issues. I don't like going the court route the first thing. Rather go... I want to read to you. I, I, hear, I hear you, ma'am. I'm going to bring in because what you're saying now, it, 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 it turns the tables. If these students who are now advocating for their religious rights are... Well, that it sounds as though they are being uh, dishonest. If, if 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 what you're saying is fact and it's true that the, all this time they were not wearing this hijab and now they have suddenly changed, then it it stands to reason that it should be because they, they should enforce it. I want to read the story. This, by the way, has been broadcast and been put up there on 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 Al Jazeera. So I have not in the SABs are not independently verified the story. It reads, what started as an issue of college dress code has turned into a Hindu-Muslim issue with Hindu students starting to wear saffron scarves as colleges to oppose hijab. According to social media posts on Twitter, Hindu um, uh, supremacist groups in the northern state of Uttar Pradesh and Madhya Pradesh protested against hijab on Tuesday. The issue around hijab first started in late December when a group of Muslim girl students were removed moved from their class in a government pre-university college in Udupi district for wearing headscarves that many Muslims already wear. Campus Front of India, CFI, a Muslim student group active in southern India, came out in their support arguing that the college was violating. It's the college that was violating their religious and educational rights. Sayed Sarfraz, a student activist associated with SCFI, told Al Jazeera that the government was validating 
and provoking this response of Hindu nationalist groups to oppose hijab. Now, what I'm bringing to your attention, ma'am, is according to these reports, this is something that happened in December, not because they changed and started wearing hijabs they were not already wearing, but because there were groups that forced them and still in a school environment to remove the hijab and they were forced and they were prevented from writing their board exam, for example. So I'm bringing that to your attention. You are given an opportunity to respond to that. I want to bring you in, sir, because now what she's saying, what Amrajit Banzi is suggesting, is a dishonesty on the students. Students who were ordinarily and not wearing the hijabs are suddenly now gaining a conscience and wanting to wear those hijabs. What happened there? Let's give Madam Rajwanzi, let's give Sheikh Hassan an opportunity. I gave you a chance. I want to give him a chance as well. Go ahead, Sheikh. Naya, I think a very important point you are raising, and I tend to disagree with Rajwanzi on the actual cause. You see, we must separate school rules from society's attitude. And I think this is where the debate really is. She herself says that uh, correctly, you know, it's a democracy and there was never such this problem in the past. I understand even in our country now, you ran a show about a, 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 an African traditionalist boy who wanted to wear, you know, this skin on his hand Correct. and they didn't want to align. We must separate. We're not talking about that here. Why, why is there? A, because on the streets, the, the, the Muslim girls are being harassed on the streets of India. Now, that's got nothing to do with the school now. We, we, we must understand, like in the West, that this is a worrying factor, that the Indian society, which was never like that, they is now starting to hate each other and, and pick each other's religion out. It was never such a situation before, which means that the Modi's government is doing something that is not correct, because why is it only happening now? Uh, the scarves were being worn, hijabs were being worn, niqabs were being worn. For centuries, not even even before Mahatma Gandhi and it's Congress the, of the, India. The devil is in the detail there, Sheikh. What Madam Rajvanzi is suggesting is there was a code of conduct and all students, including Muslim girls, abode by that con- code of conduct, which, yes, which, which prevented them from wearing the hijab. We're not answering that. I'm understanding that. Yeah. I'm asking the question, is it suddenly... I disagree that girls were only wearing scarves now. That they are, they, the, 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 the rules for scarves and hijab is 1,400 years old, by the way. Correct. It's in the Quran, and it is a rule that has been uh, there for 1,400. It's not a new rule that a girl wants to wear I, a scarf I need you to, to, I need you to address yourself to this incident there. This incident, yeah. Mrs. Rajbanzi is suggesting... This incident... Hold on, Sheikh. Hold on, Sheikh. She's suggesting that in this particular incident... We have a change of mind, a change of conscience, and which is a big problem. If these children had no problem not wearing those hijabs and suddenly they change, that needs to be dealt with. We can cannot I, be talking right, about that ask, as a religious issue. Can now. I ask a counter question? No, re- respond to this question? first. Before you no, counter I'm question. I'm responding to that. Okay. You see, she's raising a question on that incident. Can't I raise a question on the same incident? You can, you can respond to her. Sure. You can sure. respond to yeah, her. I'm responding to that. Okay. Now, we have to be we have to be balanced here. Yeah. And the balance is, if you saying they were certain, or they were insisting they want to wear, which I don't think is the correct situation. By the way, we, this is her assumption of the situation. Uh, it, that is not what sparked it off. If that was so, why didn't the school body then say, "Well, we've been living like this all along"? Let's, yeah. And what she said earlier on, let's sort it out amicably. Yeah. It's not a train smash because the constitution allows individual rights of the of the student, allows religious freedom. So the problem, why I can turn and say, why didn't the school be tolerant? Why are the people on the streets pulling off the hijab from the? Yeah. That's an issue we can't run it. Yeah. There's a whole attitude and mindset of an anti-Muslim. Muslim attitude that's taking place, which yeah. is wrong. Yeah. Let, 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 again, uh, let's put out these facts. Uh, of course, what the Sheikh is saying is true. There has been such, in fact, the BJP has put out statements in support of all of these, including the ban. But we cannot confuse the issues. We Correct. cannot talk about these issues and confuse it with this particular issue of a student and many students, these girl students yeah, that were prevented uh, from that. I think now what I, I want to put into perspective, look, I'm a lawmaker, I understand 
that every country, you know, has their own internal matters. We are in South Africa. We are not affected by this because we have rule of law. We follow, you know, a consultative process uh, with uh, public participation, and we change things. And I think that uh, when I look at uh, what the Modi government was doing recently, uh, uh, because of uh, past practices and uh, trying to get address the inequality issues amongst uh, a variety, uh, like the vulnerable groups, especially and especially for the girl child. Now, our country has wonderful programs to address the the, the empowerment of girl girl children. And uh, when you look at India, uh, they were, they have this new pro- program which is in the pipeline of a uniform civil code. Forgive me for and interrupting there, Mam Ranzi. The Sheikh raised something that I was hoping that you'd respond to as well. He's suggesting that your, your, your capturing of the facts is inaccurate. That is not what happened. No, no, I need no. you to respond yeah, to that. I am capturing it correctly because I am telling you what I, what I, how I read the problems. And, yeah, and I, and I, and we're, we're actually trying to establish the so, facts and not so, perspective yes. right, right now, so ma'am. the government is having, uh, when, uh, when I looked at it, I looked at what the government, uh, uh, what their programs were. Now, the program of the government is a uniform civil code. A uniform civil code means that it's like our code where we say that, look, when you go to school, you've got to follow the, follow the schools act. There is a, a code of conduct in different schools. Uh, you have to have... If you but that rule was there all along, man. Uh, no, no, no. The, the, the thing is that every school, just like South Africa, you can walk into any school here except our public schools. Our public schools, like this school in the case here, is a public school. And the public school has this... Uh, this is different from faith-based schools and, and the private sector. Now, India has a couple of... Uh, they have a program called a uniform civil code where everyone must be, there must be consistency. But Madam Rajbanzi, the truth of the matter is in South African schools, if you want to draw parallels with South African schools, we don't ban students from participating in academic activity because they're wearing less than the uniform code in public schools now. So that argument really does not parallel South Africa. We don't have that behavior of banning students because they so happen to be wearing things that are less than the uniform code. No, but you see, when I mattered, they never banned the children. They said one thing to the children. Remember I told you the matter became subjudicate. Then I mattered, even in South Ma'am, Africa, they prevented them from writing their board exam. No, then, yeah, exactly. When a child, when children like this, now they're writing exams, and a matter has already gone to court. It is now being presided over. At the time, it had court. not gone to court, Everybody, ma'am. At the time, it had not erupted into the public domain. At the time, no, it was still no, at school. No, they were pre- no. they were told to go out of the school premises. We have seen videos, ma'am, of these girls outside no, the school to. taking up their hijabs and protesting, saying these hijabs are right. They've seen videos. So we cannot say it's not happening. It's there. I tell you the videos. It depends. You have to verify videos. I am just telling you what I'm following from a legal uh, point of view. I know that the children, the girls were said, look, you have to write your exam, but obviously this is the rule in the classroom. Wait for the courts to uh, rule on it because they were going to go to the court and they said, okay, we'll wait for the court outcome. Ma'am, I I understand the issue of the court's role in the matter. But the court is coming in after there had been a petition brought forward before before the High Court. But 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 irrespective, Naya, even in South Africa, we will not allow the government processes to be pushed aside uh, because people have alternatives. Now you can have an alternative whether you want to go to court, uh, human rights commission, wherever you want to go. But if something is in process, you cannot hold. And then it can happen in South Africa. We can't hold our government to ransom in a, in a, in a short space of time before we... Okay, the, the, the characterization of holding the government to ransom. Is, as a woman, absolutely. My opinion is as a woman and as a girl, I would be very sad that girls wouldn't write the exam just because... They needed to be a little patient about what the other. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. That, Why would it, you it, it, that's uh, lose that opportunity. No, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Let's 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 go back. Let's let let's go back a bit. First and foremost, we're talking about schools who've been attending schools and and, and preparing for these exams. 
there had not been any problems there. They have been, according according to uh, Sheikh uh, Hassan, they were wearing their no their, their hijabs. Because they followed the rules. Hold on, hold on, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, 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 ma'am. No, ma'am. According to Sheikh Hassan, they were wearing their hijabs. According to you, they were not wearing their hijabs. But come the issue now of them writing these exams and they are prevented from coming to class? No, no, no. That's again becoming back to the point, and I'm talking about highly legal points here. The issue is that they were allowed to wear it anywhere in the school, but not in the classroom, which was a general practice. Even the girls. Let's let's, ag- let's agree. Let, let's agree, ma'am. The, the, the sheikh does not agree with your facts come, there, uh, and I, I don't Naya? want us to to, to to squabble about that, I, that now. Can but, I come in quickly, Naya? Yeah, but I understand. You, you have look, to leave quickly. There, I, I have a question that I want you to to ask you. So please be as brief as you can, there, sheikh. All right. All I'm saying is I'm agreeing with Mrs. Rajbansi, and I I'm for the concept. Let me explain something. I'm for a concept that if a school has a ruling that they must all wear a certain kind of uniform, uh, then, then the Muslim, uh, you know, must, uh, parents must go, representations must go and, and work and do it in a democratic way and come to an agreement. So I have no problem with that. My issue is that this problem is not only a, a legal problem, and that's the point I want to highlight. Yes, the legal processes are there, but why now? There is a great anti-Muslim sentiment that's in the, it has engulfed that whole province and even on the streets. And, and Mrs. Rajmat is not talking to that. And, and what we are saying is uh, it's not good. It's not what's happening in India. In the West, we know how many places we heard in Europe. Uh, the, the biggest democracy they claim to be is France doesn't want the hijab. And yet they believe in secularism and religious freedom. There is a global anti-Muslim sentiment, and we've got to agree. That's why I'm such a proud South African. I think people got along with all our problems, man. African people are the most tolerant people and respect people's religion. And Indians were like that in India. I'm afraid the Modi government has, has turned this thing around with the way they are doing, allowing things in the media. It's now becoming hatred for one another. And this is not the India that I know of during Gandhi and the Congress time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure if Prime Minister Modi would be able to agree with you on yeah, that, but I, t- I understand. But I want us, I want us to get to something. Just, be- just before, I don't, I don't want us to run out of time. The lines are open, by the way. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can do so. You can call us. You can send a WhatsApp voice note or a text. You're welcome to do so. But we have a situation here. For example, in the story that I was talking about here in South Africa, Ella Gandhi, the granddaughter of Mahatma Gandhi and member of the Gandhi Development Trust, said Hinduism to taught the unity of humankind, peace and tolerance. And that's not what we're seeing in this situation right now. We're not seeing it with the teachers. We're not seeing it with the school, with the government, and even the civilians who are in the streets now attacking one another and promoting Hindutva, what they're calling Hindutva or Hinduness. I don't know. I don't really care, quite frankly. What I do care about is the issue of humanity and humankind has been shoved on the corner for the supremacist ideas of one group against another. Is this something that can be remedied? Because this has been happening for years now, even during the times of Gandhi there, uh, Sheikh Hassan. Is, do you really think that this is something that you can eradicate? Go ahead. You're asking me. Yes, I'm asking you, yeah. sir. You see, you see, it's a very good question you are asking. You see, the government of the day sets the ethos and the and the the macro scene for the country. You know, with the policies, and one of them should be what you just said, which Gandhi believed in is tolerance, and and what Ella Gandhi, his granddaughter, says rightfully so. You know, and they promoted that at national, and this is our country too. In our country, we are promoting, uh, you know, a pluralistic society and values and respecting one another. This was the, during the Congress of India. We have to agree on this point. What happened at the school? They are they have, they are doing this because the Modi government. And I know what I'm saying. We don't have the time. The Modi government is allowing these extremist Hindu groups to have the big say and cause the disruption. You have to don't allow extremists. Uh, you don't even allow a Muslim extremist group. I'm, I will not allow, even if it's a Muslim country, a Muslim extremist group to, to, to hate or to give hate speech against a Hindu or any other. Islam does not believe in that. The government has to come in and, and stop this night. Are you against the principle of uniform in public schools there, uh, Sheikh? Uh, no, I'm not against the, the uh, uniform. But okay. let's take our schools here. We, we have uniforms. 
But now some of the girls, they want to wear a long pants. And Mrs. Rajbansi, I must give credit, her husband, Mr. Rajbansi, was a great champion of, of unity. And, you know, he helped the Muslims when he was an MP, you know, to, on many Muslim matters. And I, and I acknowledge that. You know, this is the relationship we have. All I'm saying is that then the, the school teacher, the principal, allows the girl to wear the, uh, her, her, her long pants. Muslim girls, even though it's not part of the, the of the school ruling, the principals can do that for how many? They're not breaking big rules. I, I got no problem with. So uniform. would you be you, you, would you be in support of a policy that says a uniform must be X, Y, and Z, and that excludes a hijab? Now here's the problem, Nanaya. Now, and, and this is a very good question you're asking. Where do you draw the line now for a Muslim now? Because this hijab is not my view or my daughter's view or some Molana's or, or you know view. This view is a Quran. It's I understand. What does that mean that, there? Does it mean that so, you will... So, are you supporting or against an idea of a uniform which I'm would saying, exclude? I'm saying, that I'm saying the Constitution, our Constitution and the Indian Constitution right now support the religious right. They must sort it out and they should All allow right. it. Let me, let me take a break. Let me take a break and come back and give you a chance. Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith. Sheikh, um, you got cut there. You were making your point. I was asking if you would therefore be yeah. in support of a code that would exclude the hijab. You made a point and you got cut there. Go yeah. ahead. It, yeah, I think we, in our democracy, there are different types of democracy. Our democracy, South Africa, will cater for it as it is in the Constitution. And the Indian government always catered for it till now. So I'm saying it, it, it can be worked out because it's a religious requirement. And, and they are very sensitive to it, and they are accommodating to it. I think it can be done. It's only if you, if you, you don't want to do it, and you are anti-something. Uh, let the Hindu, let the African terrorist wear his skin when he wants to come. We, the other students will learn from the other one's culture. That's a live learning. You know, why are you putting everyone in a box? It's actually promoting pluralism. It's promoting respect of other cultures and learning of other cultures. I don't see a problem with that. All right. Thank you very much, Sheikh. Um, I want to have uh, uh, Madam Rajbanzi respond to the very same situation. We're talking about a situation where we have humanity against humanity, and that's beneath us as humanity. I'm not quite sure if this is what the the BJP, the the the, the Baratia Janat Party, the BJP, seems to be supporting. They seem to be supporting this Hindutva that I am not quite sure is humanitarian in its core. Do help us understand your, your, your take on the idea of being one people, regardless of faith, Madam uh, Rajbanzi. Yeah, look, uh, I think uh, India, you know, has uh, come a long way, 70 years in their democracy. Uh, there is a change in government. I think the indentured uh, Hindus, uh, just like our indentured uh, African brothers and sisters, they are uh, finding their feet. They are wanting also their rights. It's a big castle. And I understand uh, that, uh, you know, we are, we are minorities here. Uh, we also have to fight our battles. But you, when you see this uh, sort of seesaw relationship uh, between the Muslims and Hindus in India, it's not a good thing. And it's important for us to start suggesting, you know, mechanisms where even South Africa can lead the way at uh, things like, uh, you know, our truth and reconciliation. People need to heal. They need to speak do, to one do another. You, do you support Hindutva, ma'am? Well, my understanding of Hindutva is different from what I have heard about it. And I think that it's different from uh, the Hindu faith as such. Correct. It is uh, simply a, 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 a group of people who are now, uh, you know, have been suppressed for many, 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 many years, just like South Africa, where when the British left and they left us with the party, they also left India like that. They left us with uh, a constitution, with uh, a party like the Congress. Yeah, the but I, I need you to answer the question, and we're running yeah. out of time. Do so, you support so, yeah, Hindutva? Uh, well, look, I support the positive aspects of it, that at least people must understand and appreciate their own identity. They must revive it. But I don't think they can do it at the disadvantage of any other community, especially minority uh, communities, and, and that I wouldn't support. But I also think that this issue is about the school management. It's about this one school. It's not all over India. So let's just wait, you know, for the higher court to give this ruling. Let's then see, maybe meet uh, after that, and then see what did they rule, how did they rule, because they live there. We do not live there. All right. I want the problems to be resolved, and we, we want... 
social cohesion programs, you know, for people to... I understand, ma'am. I understand. I want to put another fact out there in the public domain. This is according to the News Minute website, and this is an investigative news uh, website. According to their definition of Hindutva is Hindutva is Hinduness, the ideology which defines Indian culture in terms of Hindu values, as inspired India's Hindu supremacists for decades of what we're told. And another fact that we need to put out there in the, 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 the public domain is what reports come from the actual people there. Um, around 13 of us, I'm quoting now, around 13 of us were taken to a separate room because we were wearing a headscarf over the school uniform, close quote. This is according to a student, Aliyah Mehar, a student at Karnataka Public School in Shivamoga District told, well, this is what she told Al Jazeera. And they told us that we cannot write the pre-board exam if we don't remove our hijab. We responded by saying, in that case, we will not write the exam. We cannot compromise the hijab. Suddenly, they are asking us to remove hijab. Reshma Banu, the mother of one of the students, um, about entry to the same school. So according to the first... Eyewitnesses and the people who experienced this, it was not a matter of they have always not been wearing the hijab. They have been. It's the school that suddenly is now banning them from wearing the hijab. So I want to give both of you um, an opportunity. Do, do, do you still have Sheikh on the line? Sheikh, are you still there? All right, Sheikh is there. It's, it's gone. I'm going to end our conversation now. I'm going to give Madam Rajwanzi an opportunity um, to give her closing remarks. I want you to understand, ma'am, that the issue now is we don't know what the court is, which side the court is going to fall on, in spite of the fact that it's a democracy. Your closing remarks. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, country, uh, uh, you know, we have separation of powers between the court, the legislators, and the community. The court will definitely have people with legal wisdom who look at not only the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. And uh, we hope that the court will uh, give a ruling that will actually guide all of us so that we don't have problems and, uh, you know, our democracies move from developing to develop and they can only become prosperous countries and achieve their sustainable development goals if there is peace and there is prosperity. So I'm just waiting for that and I really want to thank you you know, looking at all sides. But let's just wait for this court ruling and maybe you can tell our community what the court said and why because they would do a lot of fact-finding uh, as they, uh, you know, with, with the people who are really involved in the matter. There. Yeah, indeed. If I'm still around, I'll do that, ma'am. Thank you very much. Shamina yeah, Thakur Rajbanzi, a religious... Oh, nearly said religious scholar. She's a member of parliament. <laughs> She corrected us. She is not a religious scholar. She is a lawmaker. She said, thank you very much, ma'am. Also, Sheikh Rafiq Hassan, he had to go early because he has, he has his own show to host at 8 o'clock. Sheikh Rafiq Hassan, founder and director of the Islamic Interfaith Research Institute, the IFRI. Thank you. From me, Naya Lupondon, and my team, have a wonderful evening and Godspeed.